We are Fusion Church located in Fishkill, New York. Welcome to our podcast. We are deeply passionate about reaching people with the gospel and seeing lives changed. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message will inspire you and bring you hope. Enjoy. Hey, welcome everybody. Pastor Armando here. I'm super pumped and excited to be jumping into part two with you of our message series entitled Finding Your True North. Uh, As we get ready for Christmas, which just is a couple weeks away, I'm wondering how many of you are uh, wearing the burden of Christmas or the blessing of the Christmas holiday, right? We know what Christmas is really about. It's not about family gifts and stuffs. Uh, It's really about remembering uh, Jesus, remembering that he is indeed the greatest gift to the world. uh, And there There is no greater gift than that. And he is our hope of salvation. uh, And he is our true north indeed. And what we have to recognize and understand is the choices and behaviors we make in this life are either going to help us, like the things we think, are either going to help us on our journey toward God or are going to lead us astray, right? It's going to kind of leave us shipwrecked. And sometimes we go off into wrong directions, chasing things that we have no business chasing. Um, But um, hopefully Christmas for us can be a anchor, a reminder to get back on the right track. Uh, As I was walking into this week, I was reminded that 17 years ago this week, uh, I actually had a heart attack. I was 24 years old. I actually had a... um I had uh, um, some sort of uh, what I thought was the flu at the time, but I had a virus and the virus actually attacked the lining of my heart and caused me to have a heart attack. I was 24 years old and actually had two heart attacks back to back. And I remember uh, being home. I was actually at the table. I was in grad school at the time. Joe Marie uh, was in the living room. My kids were watching uh, Mickey Mickey Mouse Clubhouse right on TV. And uh, man, I was just sitting there typing away. And all of a sudden I felt like my heart, like, kind of exploded, right? I felt all this pain, all this pressure, all this weight. Uh, I look at Joe Marie, I'm like, man, I'm having a heart attack. We got to go to the, to the hospital. You know, she's an RN and she's like, I don't think you're having a heart attack. You have no uh, predisposition to that. You're not old enough, all these things. And I'm like, honey, I'm telling you something is really wrong. I got to go to the hospital. So she's bringing me to the hospital. And uh, on the way there, I started to faint, I guess, in the car, I started to black out, uh, make my way to the hospital. And indeed they confirmed uh, through some blood work that I was having a heart attack. And I was hospitalized for seven days, went through a whole uh, list of treatments and things of that sort. And the whole reason why I'm sharing this with you guys is because that was a journey in my life that I was on um, that wasn't wasted. Uh, I got to tell you, sometimes in life we go through hardships and difficult moments, but um, none of them are wasted and God is not absent from any of those. Uh, So for me... um, I got to tell you, I thank Jesus. I thank God that I had faith during that storm in my life. I will tell you on the way to the hospital in the car, I felt like I was nodding out, right? Physiologically, emotionally, uh, but I didn't have fear. I had faith. I actually, I I tell you this, I knew somehow it was going to be okay. Why? Because no matter what happened to me, God is still God. God is still good. And I trusted God in the storm of my life. In that storm, there was the realization of my mortality. In that moment, I realized that I could have died in that moment. By God's grace, I did not, but I knew that it was very, very possible. And if it was God's will that I would live, I would live. If it's God's will that I would die, I would have died. Um, 
But I will tell you, I, I prayed like I never prayed before. I trusted like I never trusted before. Uh, during that, that time, those seven days through, I, I realized that there's a lie a lot of us are taught or that we believe that if I just follow God, everything in my life is going to work out the way I want. If I just follow God, no bad thing will ever happen to me. I just follow God, I'm going to have my health and my wealth. And the reality is God promises you and I none of those things. What he promises us is a peace that surpasses all understanding in a very broken world that you and I live in. And that's, that's the reality. You and I engage a very, very broken world and we have a very broken flesh. And, and I knew that God is still good when life is. And I knew that God had a plan and a purpose, not just for my life, but even for that moment. So I will tell you coming out of that season at that point in my life, I learned some truths. I learned that no matter what, whether you're a Christ follower or not, Life is hard. You're going to go through hard times. But for the believer, I recognize that God's promises are still true even when I'm in a storm. What I realized in that moment is that God is still incredibly faithful. What I realized in that moment is that my faith grew in my storm, that my trust of God grew in my storm, and that my self-reliance certainly was mitigated in that storm. God was still with me. And so many of us find ourselves looking for peace today. I will tell you that I anchored in, in that moment of my life, into peace because Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. I anchored deep into the things of God. And I knew no matter what, my wife was gonna be okay. I knew no matter what, my kids were in God's hands. They were his anyway. And I trust God. And some of you today coming into this message, this message series, preparing your heart for the Christmas holiday and, and remembering Jesus. Maybe some of you are, are joining us and you don't know what you believe about God, but you're like, hey, it's Christmas. I might as well go to church, right? Um, and the reality is that you're not here by accident. God has something he wants to speak into your life, that there is a peace you could have. In this life we live, Guys, there, apart from God, there is no peace. We live in a really dark world with a lot of challenges and hardships. And it's not all dark. Like there's a lot of good in this world too. And, and the world is beautiful. And God has this amazing, glorious creation that we get to enjoy. But there's something longing in the heart of every human being. You, you and I, if we're honest, we recognize that within us is a need to belong, a need to be accepted, a need to love and be loved. There's a need for us um, to, to have that void that, that we all have experienced filled, and it's only filled in God. Here's a promise in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 I want to read with you. His divine power has given us everything. Say everything. Everything we need for a godly life. So God has given you everything you need for a godly life through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So he's given us everything we need through knowledge of Jesus. Now, now the truth is, is this, that what you believe really matters. What you believe matters and everything is impacted by what you believe in your life. As we look at society, the reality is we live in a society that is moving away from objective truth and redefining everything. And it's causing confusion in our society. Now, maybe some things need to be redefined, but objective truth never needs to be redefined. Because if you try to redefine objective truth, uh, what it creates is a lie, right? Subjective truth is really in opposition to an objective reality. And when we are in a society trying to, uh, you know, call wrong right, and we're in a society that is redefining um, we don't all have the same definition anymore. It creates conflict and it actually creates an environment of offense. This is why everybody is so offended now. You see, objective truth, when there's agreement on objective truth, we all know the rules and we all play by the rules and we don't have offense. But when we are in a society 
that everything is redefined and nobody knows your definition of issue A and this person has a different definition, it creates conflict, disunity. And for all of us, that happens inside as well. You see, when we claim, hey, I believe God is good, I believe God is faithful to me, but when hardship comes, it negates that truth. Man, we get we get lost, we get frustrated, we get, we get hurt, we feel abandoned. And, and somehow our beliefs about God being good and God being faithful, if we reject those in a time of difficulty or redefine those, this is why so many of us are feeling like we're living in darkness. You see, what you believe matters because what you believe impacts how you feel. What you believe and what I believe impacts how we live our lives. What we believe influences our life experience. Knowledge is truth. And if you believe the right thing, it's going to be a blessing to your life. If you believe the wrong things, it's going to be a curse to your life. And so many of us, we have to, we actually have to look at that, all of us. We have to recognize, well, what is it I believe and why do I believe what I believe? And I have to own it. And what does the word of God say about what I believe and will I allow the truth of God to regenerate my mind to help me to understand what hope is and where to find hope? Truth is not fluid, folks. It's not fluid. If truth was fluid, this, the whole world would be in complete turmoil, which is the direction that it's actually going. A fluid truth creates turmoil for you and I. Verse four goes on. Through these, he, he has given us his uh, great and precious promise so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this world caused by the evil desires. You see, you feel what you think, folks. What you believe matters. And when you come into this Christmas series, Finding Your True North, you have to recognize Finding Your True North very much is a journey. It's a roadmap. And what you and I want to do is our roadmap that we're on, Finding Our True North, has to bring us to truth. It has to bring us to a place of security. It has to bring us to a place of hope. But it's so easy for us to get sidetracked and go in wrong directions in our lives. So what do I do? I, I, I filter what I believe through the word of God. And everything that I want, I mean, this is my goal, right? Everything that, that I do, everything I say, everything I believe, I want it to filter that through the truth of God so that, man, I find my true north and my true north is Jesus. You see, the promises of God is what you and I need to anchor into. When your situation changes, when you find yourself in a valley in a hardship with a diagnosis, your marriage is in trouble, maybe you're <clears throat> failing college, or you're not doing well in high school, whatever, whatever that situation is for you, you, you gotta recognize that um, the promises of God are not negated by your situation, right? No matter what that hardship is, no matter what that confusion is, because what you, man, what you think is gonna impact how you feel. The promises of God, is what you and I really need to anchor into to have an unshakable faith. We have to anchor into those promises, but it's so hard for us sometimes to hold on to the promises of God when life feels like it's falling apart. But I wanna, I wanna share this with you guys. The promises of God, they lift our eyes from our problems to his infinite love and endless grace. His promises reveal to us what is possible and what has already been promised to us. They equip us to face life's challenges with unshakable confidence. God's promises and his word cannot fail. And that is the truth of how we have an unshakable faith. An unshakable faith is when we anchor into the truth of God. The, the problem is, is that sometimes our experiences in life shake us deep down to our core and we 
either reject the promises of God, <clears throat> we find ourselves buying into other things and other philosophies, or we find ourselves very distant from the word of God because a diagnosis came. And it just, you know what, how could I have a, this diagnosis if God promises to be with me? How could my marriage be on the rocks if God promises to be with me? The truth is, every one of you has faced a hardship in your life, some sort of challenge. And in that, you have questioned God or you have questioned what he is allowing in your life and you wanna know why. But, but man, I wanna jump back into the Christmas story because the Christmas story for you and I is, is just such a great example of what the life, what a life journey looks like. And it's so relevant, what Mary was going through, what Joseph was going through, these Bible characters, uh, so relevant to what you and I are going through today, coming into this Christmas season after a very long pandemic, which by the way, isn't over yet. The reality is the last two years has been hard. Going into th this new year, uh, 2021, uh, I, I gotta tell you guys, I was looking for 2020 to come to an end and I was like, oh, finally 2021. And the truth is it was just more of the same. I find myself coming to the end of this year. And just like you, I'm like, man, I hope 2022 is gonna be a better year. But the truth is my hope is not on how the year turns out. My hope is on God. My hope is in his promises, which never fail. I don't put my hope in things I can control because truth is, what can you control? I can't control my health. I can't control anything in my life. But you know what? I can control where my eyes look. You see, scripture says, man, I, 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 I lift my eyes to the hills where my hope comes from. My hope comes from the heavens and the earth. That means I have to take my eyes off of my problems and I have to place them on the master of the universe. I have to place my eyes upon the, the one, the one true God who is over the problems of my situation. And somehow that elevates my hope to where God, man, where he uh, resides. And you know what, when I look to God, God, I no longer see my problems. I'm no longer defined my, by my problems. I'm defined by God. I'm defined by his promises. And my hope is in him, not in my situation. Jump with me into Luke chapter one, verse 39. Mary is going to visit uh, her cousin, Elizabeth. Uh, <clears throat> at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, right? She was the mother of John the Baptist. Uh, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child uh, you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has promised to her. <clears throat> Man, I, I want to hold on to that truth. I want to hold on to that truth. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So here's the secret to blessing. You are blessed if you remember that God's word never fails. You are blessed if you remember that God will do what he promised you he would do. God has given you promise upon promise in scripture. God has spoken into many of your lives. God has shown you so many things. And blessed are you if you remember those things, if you hang on those things, if you are desperately in need of those things. But so many of us get distracted when hardship comes, we question, God, how did this get allowed in my life? 
Man, this negates what you spoke. God, I'm finding myself feeling alone. Where are you, God? So many of us move to questioning God, questioning in his promises, questioning what, what he has spoken into your life the moment a hardship comes. You see, it's in those moments of hardship that you need to press into God more than you ever have. It's in the depth of those hardships and that situation and that diagnosis that, man, I need to press into the promises of God like I never have before. You know what? I'm blessed because I remember God's promises. I'm blessed because I remember that, man, my situation doesn't negate those promises. I'm blessed because I know that my God is with me. My God is for me. You know what that means? I cannot fail. What that means is I won't fail. What that means is I will not succumb to my situation. I will not go under. You will not drown if you place your hope in God. You will not go under if you place your hope in God. Your marriage cannot fail if you put your hope in God. Your situation will be redeemed because God is for you. Who could be against you? You need to put your focus focus in the things of God. You need to put your focus back on God and his promises and rejoice. It's about practicing gratitude. You, you know what? Every time I take my eyes off of my situation and I bring my eyes back to a promise of God, I feel rejoicing in my heart. I feel hope in my heart. Man, my faith starts to become unshakable because you know what? I got to tell you guys that Worship itself has the power to create an unshakable faith in your life that every time a hardship comes, I don't allow that to define me. I tell my hardship how it's going to go down. I tell my hardship how it's going to be. God is for me. Who can be against me? No weapons against me shall prosper. All things work together for good for those who love God. And I love God and I am for God and he is for me. He chose me. And now in repentance, I have come to him and I will serve you, Jesus. My life is a living sacrifice God. And you know, uh, the promises of God bring me great hope. You see, the absence of hope is the presence of failure. The absence of hope is the presence of failure. People only stay committed through adversity when they believe the outcome is good. Man, I got to tell you, do you guys, do you gamble on outcomes in your life or do you put your hope in God? You know, and here's, the, here's the truth. Life is hard, right? Holiday seasons are hard. But if you don't remember the promises of God, all is you're going to feel is the weight of that. If you don't bring yourself to praise your way through a storm in your life, you're never going to experience rejoicing. You know what rejoicing is? It's a verb. Rejoicing itself is a verb. And it's about practicing gratitude. God, I'm thankful, Lord God, for my relationship with you. God, I'm thankful for Jesus' sacrifice. God, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids. God, I'm thankful for the times of my life you have said no. God, I wanted this. God, I begged you for this and you said no. God, I thank you for every closed door in my life. God, I thank you for every door you've opened in my life. Why? Because scripture tells me, God, that I am in the palm of your hand and no one and nothing can snatch me. You see, Mary tapped into an unshakable faith. She tapped into it. Why? Because, man, she was blessed because she believed God would do what he said he would do. So many of us jump into questioning God when life gets hard. But life was hard for Mary. Life was hard for Joseph. I mean, here's this young girl, 13 to 15 years old. Uh, you know, uh, she became pregnant with, with Jesus, right? There's that mystery of the incarnation. And, um, 
you know, and she was pledged to be married. And this is a time in history where uh, getting pregnant outside of marriage, she could have been stoned. She would have been put to death and, and accused of being an adulterer. And, and now if we fast forward the story a little bit, we're going into Luke chapter two, uh, the Roman empire calls a census and Mary's got to go on this long journey. She's got to go all the way to Bethlehem from Nazareth, right? So that she can, uh, her and Joseph can be part of the census. So she's on this long journey by foot, by mule, and it is hard. And she's traveling through a desert area, nine months pregnant, about to give birth to Jesus, right? So we're going to pick up uh, with verse six of chapter two in Luke. Uh, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to a firstborn son. Uh, Bible trivia moment. Uh, Mary had more than one kid. Some of us wrongly believe that Jesus was her only son and uh, her and and her husband never had uh, union. Uh, But the truth is they did. And you can see in scripture that Jesus actually had biologic siblings. Okay. So anyway, that's a little bit of Bible trivia for you guys. So she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in the manger because there was no guest uh, guest room available for them. Verse eight, uh, and there the shepherds living out in the field nearby, uh, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Let me stop you there for a moment. So here's these shepherds living out in the field and God totally ambush their life. The reality is you're here today because God has something for you. There's moments and times in our lives where God interrupts our lives. He interrupts our busyness. He interrupts us uh, in a very supernatural way like this, right? Maybe it's some amazing revelation. Maybe it's an invitation to church. Sometimes he interrupts our lives by allowing a diagnosis, a hardship in our relationships, uh, financial ruin. Uh, Paul got thrown off a horse, The shepherds in the field saw an angel. Sometimes the interruption hurts a little. Sometimes it's just a little scary. But the reality is God wants to get your attention. Why? Because God has something for you. If you came into this message today and you don't know what you believe about God, or maybe you know what you believe about God and you've been following Jesus for 20 years, the reality is God wants to speak to you. God has something he wants to remind you of. And it's hope, that he has a hope and a future for you. That God has a plan for your life. That your life is not an accident. It's not a mistake that you're here. And and you know what? All the things that you've gone through in your life, they are not your liability. I wanna remind you of that. All the hardships that you've gone through, they are not your liability. God wants to use them to build your testimony. What's your testimony? It's your story of the greatness of God in your life. This is where I was, and this is what God has done. This is the hardship I had, and this is how God fixed it. This is the desperate situation I was in, and here's the miracle I experienced. And you know what? Here's where I was, and God brought me hope, life, and a future. Guys, that's the power of testimony to see God's hand in your life and he's interrupted you and he's brought you to church today because God wants to remind you of something he spoke to you a long time ago. Or maybe God has something very new he wants to tell you. And for some of you, you gotta turn your life over to God. Some of you have been wearing a burden of guilt and shame for a really long time. There's things you've done, there's things you've thought, there's things that no one else knows about you, but God knows. And you know what? That can feel incredibly terrifying, right? What do you mean God knows? Like God knows everything you have ever thought. God knows everything you have ever done. And you know what? He wants to forgive you. He wants to show you grace and mercy. He doesn't want to punish you. He doesn't want to be mad at you. He's madly in love with you, but it requires an action on your part. Would you say, God, 
God, would you forgive me of my sins? Like say that right now. Don't just listen to me. You got to make this an action in your life. This is a real conversation. This becomes real to you when you apply it, right? That's what faith is. Faith is an action. Faith is what you do about what you believe. Right now, allow your belief to become an action in your life. And would you say, God, I stand here before you and I acknowledge that I have sin in my life. God, would you forgive me? And scripture says that he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, that he will remember it no more. What you have done as far as from east is to west. Guys, that's the good news. That is something you are to rejoice about. And that creates unshakable faith that I can go through life knowing I am forgiven. I don't have a past. I may have done some things that I've regretted. I may have done some things that I feel shame about things I wish I would have never done. And you know what? God takes it away as fast as you can blink, as fast as you can snap your fingers. It's completely gone. You are a freed man or a freed woman in Christ. Guys, that's the beauty of the gospel. And scripture says you are now a friend of God. When you come to Jesus asking for forgiveness, turning from your sins, and he becomes a Lord and savior of your life. Guys, that is the love, the all-encompassing love of God. And when you anchor into that truth in the midst of a really difficult situation, that's how you develop unshakable faith. You know why? Because a diagnosis won't shake me because the more afraid I am, the harder I pray. The more shaken I am, the more I'm going to shake the gates of heaven and I'm going to say, God, hear my prayer. And you know what? God's not trying to fight you. He's fighting with you alongside you. Scripture says that he's uh, at the right hand of the father as your advocate. You know, Jesus is praying for you right now. When I'm feeling nervous, when I'm feeling scared, when I'm dealing with a desperate situation, I anchor into my advocate. That's right, Jesus. He's your advocate and he's fighting your battles right now. So some of us, we look at God and we're terrified. We're terrified of judgment. We're terrified of him as God. And the truth is there is a healthy fear of God because we know what he's capable of. But God wants to be the lover of your soul. He doesn't want to judge you, though he is a just judge. He wants to show you grace and mercy and he wants to love you and he wants to build your life and he wants to give you a hope and a future and a dream greater than you or I could have ever dreamed. But when the angel exposed himself to the shepherds, they were terrified. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. This Christmas season, you need to have joy, great joy, because there's great news. And the great news is the lover of your soul. He, he's forgiven you. He's died for your sins. It's all, it's all accounted for. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace to those on whom his favors rest. You know what that tells me? That if I say, Jesus, I want to be a follower of Christ, forgive me of my sins. And I become a friend of God through that submission of my life, through that repentance of my sins, peace will be upon you. Peace is for the believer. I understand in this life, there is no peace apart from a relationship with God. Scripture says, man, he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding, no matter what my situation, no matter what my hardship, no matter what my difficulty, what my diagnosis, whether I'm doing well in college or not, that I have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Why? Because when I had a heart attack, like I shared with you earlier, I remembered the promises of God. When I needed them most, those promises were still there and I knew he had a hope. I knew he had a future for me. My life didn't end there because God had 
had something further into the future for me. I anchored into that truth. And you know what? If God would have taken me, sometimes it works out that way. Man, if I live in the body, I'm serving Jesus. If I become deceased in this life, I'm in the presence of God. I am blessed. Either way, guys, that's why I don't live in fear of COVID-19. Look, I take precautions. You got to use wisdom, right? And we're not going to get into that debate, but the reality is this. My hope is not on whether I'm going to stay healthy or not. My hope is in him. And if I'm in this body, I'm serving God. If I'm not in this body, I am with God. I'm a blessed man. I don't fear death. Why? Because the truth is, man, when it's my time, it's my time. He holds my, my name and my number and my day in his hand. It's his. It's all his. And you know what? That's unshakable faith because I realize I don't live life by chance. I don't live life by accident. I live life on purpose because he purposed me. You need to stop living life by chance. Stop living life like it was an accident. It's not an accident. You are purposed by God for God and nothing can take you out until your time has come. Set by God, not by some virus, not by some situation. It is by the hand of God. You cannot be taken out apart from God's allowance in your life. And you know what? If you're a follower, Jesus says hope, right? Because to be apart from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's hope either way. Why was Mary blessed? Because she remembered that God will do what he said he would do. God's word does not fail. How do I hold on to my belief in a hard time, right? Some of you are thinking that like, pastor, how do I do that? Life is hard. How do I do that? How do I hold on to my belief in hard times? How do I develop an unshakable faith? Man, you, you got to learn how to rejoice in your storm. You got to learn how to rejoice every day in your life, even when you're not in a storm. And that's how you keep your mind set on your true north. Because I got to tell you, your, your, your emotions, your experience, your life will follow your strongest, most compelling thoughts. Your thoughts matter. Truth matters. What you believe matters. What you think about matters. And when I place my heart on rejoicing, some of us know and understand that that is the habit of gratitude. When I am rejoicing, showing great joy over the things I'm that I have gratitude for, you know what? My life is going in that direction. I am going to feel what I think most. And finding my true north means I am rejoicing through storms. I'm rejoicing through mountaintop moments. I'm rejoicing through no matter what my situation is why? Because God is good even when life isn't. And when I rejoice, it elevates my eyes. It elevates my experience over the horizon of my problems. And you know what? And it reminds me rejoicing that God will do what he said he would do. The power of rejoicing in your storm, in your storm births unshakable faith because it reminds you that his promises never fail. I'm going to read that again. The power of rejoicing in your storm births unshakable faith because it reminds you that his promises never fail. Man, I'm reminded in the Psalms that God says to you, call on me in your day of trouble and I will deliver you. Call on me in your day of trouble and I will deliver you. You need to be reminded that God is for you this morning. He is not against you. And this isn't about denying your problems. Be honest about your problems. I'm honest. Man, when I'm hurting, when I'm struggling, I go to God. God, I'm hurting. God, this is what I'm dealing with in my life. But this is what your word says about it. God, I'm not going to surrender my heart and my thoughts to negativity. God, I'm going to surrender my thoughts to worship, to rejoicing. Lord God, I know you are faithful. Lord God, I know you're just. Some of you need to develop that habit in your life. Some of us feel cursed today. Some of us feel like we are overcome with negative thinking. Why? It's because you're negative thinking. You've given yourself over to negative thoughts. 
You need to bring rejoicing into your life. How do you do that practically? I tell you guys, I actually have this built into my schedule uh, daily and each week. I have moments where I just stop. I have people in my life that hold me accountable. I'll get a text message. Somebody says, take a moment right now, stop everything you're doing and rejoice. Or take a moment right now, stop everything you're doing And what are you thankful for? What do you have gratitude for? Why did I invite accountability to do that in my life? It's to always redirect my thoughts when I need it most back to the things of God and away from the things of the flesh, the things of the world, the pride of life, right? All of that junk. And it brings me back to God. Some of you need to enlist help into your life. Man, go to your accountability, your friends in your life and say, would you hold me accountable? I want you once a day to send me a text message once a week. Just remind me to stop what I'm doing. You know what? Put it in your phone. I I actually have reminders in my calendar to devotion, right? Because I want to do that every morning. I just have it there so nothing interrupts it. Uh, Stop and rejoice, right? You put those in your thing. And, and, And these moments where you stop life and you give thanks to God, it will drastically change your experience of your life. Guys, do it. You're accountable to your choices. And you're either going to bless yourself or you're going to curse yourself by what you think. Right, there's power in rejoicing. Rejoicing, it keeps the promises of God at the forefront of your mind. Rejoicing reminds you that his promises never fail. Learning to rejoice is how you find your true north. It keeps you from going off course because when I'm not rejoicing, it's so easy for me to think of negativity or negative thoughts and ideas and experiences. But when I'm rejoicing, it keeps me moving forward in my life. Some of us have shipwrecked our life. Some of us are stalled because of the absence of rejoicing in your life. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Say, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see the things that have happened, which the Lord has told us about. Guys, it's a choice. So you're hearing this message today. You're sitting here and you're being reminded about the power of rejoicing. Rejoicing is a vehicle that keeps you moving toward your true north, which is Jesus, right? The things of God. Are you going to say, let's go? Are you gonna get up like the shepherds and say, well, we just had this message given to us. We could squander it. We can do nothing with it and go back to life as usual. Or we can accept that God has interrupted our lives to give us a very important message. They said, let's go. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the major. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child and all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, say treasured, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The power of rejoicing in your storm, it births an unshakable faith because it reminds you that his promises never fail. I need you to stop for a moment as we, as we wind down this message. And you got to ask yourself this. What is it that you are treasuring up in your heart? Scripture says Mary treasured and pondered these things. What's the purpose of a treasure? Why do we save? Why do we put things away? It's for when I need it. Man, I save money for a rainy day. I save money in case my transmission explodes or my, my electric goes down in the house or my furnace uh, goes on, you know, uh, goes on the fritz. Like, Man, I I save for a rainy day. Why do you treasure those things? Because they're there to be pondered when I need them most. You see, some of us, we treasure negativity. Some of us treasure bad moments. The truth is in this life, 
what you treasure is going to bless you or it's going to curse you. It's going to lead you or it's going to distract you. Mary treasured all these things that were said about her hope, her Messiah, her Lord, this baby that was about to be born. What is it you're treasuring? Are you reminded of the things of God? Do you treasure the things of God, the direction of God? When he spoke over your life, do you treasure the promises of God? When things are happening in your life, hardships, negativity, uh, horrible diagnosis, your marriage is in trouble, finances are in trouble, your kids are going awry, you're sitting there and you're wondering, how am I going to be honest with my parents about how I'm doing in school? Like whatever that is, do you treasure up the promises of God and do you ponder them? I want to encourage you today. I need you to intentionally stop. I need you to look to God and say, God, what can I treasure? For some of you, man, today's the day of your salvation, right? Today's the day you get forgiveness of sins simply by believing Jesus Christ died for your sins and he rose from the dead. He becomes the Lord of your life. You've repented. Scripture says, if you believe that in your heart, you're justified. If you confess that with your mouth, you're saved, right? That's what scripture says. For others, it's realizing that you've been looking in the wrong direction. Guys, you can't drive a car in that direction while looking in that direction. Take your eyes out of reverse and move the car forward. Take your eyes off of your past, off of your hardship, off of your situation, and you gotta place them on the promises of God because that is where your hope comes from. That is where your only cure comes from. It comes from God and God alone. You see, you and I, what we want most in this life, we want peace. And what do I rejoice in? I rejoice in the fact that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Peace is a person, guys. It's Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. So peace isn't something you walk into in life or that you fabricate in life or or peace is something that you find in life. Peace is only found in the Prince of Peace. It's a person. Would you put your hope in Jesus today? Would you put your hope and, and your eyes, will you set them on God today? If that's you and you're like, man, I want the forgiveness of God. I want to be a friend of Jesus or maybe you've been living life looking in reverse and you want a, uh, man, you want an about face. You want to you look toward the things of God and you want to rejoice because God is good and he's going to do good things with your life. And God has some serious promises for you that you need to stand on. If that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? Jesus, would you forgive us of our sins? We claim you, God, right now as the Lord and Savior of our life. We believe that God rose you from the dead. Holy Spirit, Make yourself real to us. Change us and make us like Jesus. Your name, Christ Jesus. Amen. Father God, I pray a prayer of blessing, Lord God, over your church. Lord God, I pray, Lord, that this Christmas season, we would remember you. We would take our eyes off of our problems, God, and we would place them on you, the Prince of Peace. Lord God, develop in us an unshakable faith, Lord God, that is birthed through the gift of rejoicing, Lord God. May we rejoice and be glad, Lord for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you hope for us. Lord God, may the power of our praise get us through the valley of our difficulties, God. Lord Jesus, we trust in you. We put our hope in you. In your name, Christ Jesus, amen and amen. Guys, if you prayed that prayer for me for the first time, you asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life and the forgiveness of sins and that uh, you want to be a follower of Jesus, there's no power in the prayer itself apart from the heart that's behind it. You see, the power is in the heart of submission. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, the Bible says you're saved. Uh, I want to encourage you, dig into the things of God. Start reading your Bible. Go to church. Don't miss it. You need to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Guys, God bless you. I look forward to hanging out with you guys next week to continue on in our message series, Finding Your True North. 
We hope you enjoyed our podcast. We have a new message that comes out every week. You can click the link in the description below to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or jump onto our website at fusionchurchny.com for more information. We would like you to be a part of what God is doing at Fusion Church, so please subscribe to our podcast and share it on social media. Make sure you tag us. We want to get to know you and feel free to rate us and leave a review.